Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome back to the Liverpool Groove. Uh, we've decided from now on we're not going to introduce ourselves as Quiddy and Jay because it sounds like we're auditioning for the X Factor and it's just a bit weird. So no more of that. You should know who we are by now. We're nearly 20 episodes in. So yeah, let's get to it. Last night, 3-1 Tottenham. I called it, well, they didn't call the score, but I said right after the United game we beat Tottenham and, and we did. It was an absolutely fucking brilliant performance. I had Firmino first goal, 3-1, so I called it. Um, I don't think I said that on our last podcast, but something changed my mind on the day. Uh, yeah, from the minute, it was like from the first first kick, you could see they were up for it. And then Manny goes through and he misses and you just think, oh, fuck, here we go again. Here we go again. It should be 1-0. They go right down to the end and score and you think, oh, fuck, here we go again. And then it's obviously correctly ruled offside um, and from then on we were just um, we were just a level above Tottenham I think the tactics were very similar it was it was nice listening to the, the commentary it was Glenn Oddle and that fucking McManaman but the way they were they were saying like how good the tactics were from both teams but we just obviously executed it well better yeah I think the, that Song going through and scoring was was a wake up call. I think we started we started a little bit flat, and you could tell it there. They got through far too easy. Allison be far too easy on his near post, um, but luckily, like you say, it was rightly ruled out offside. And then from there on, we didn't really give them a sniff. Well, we just we pressed like animals again. It was they did the, when people talk about Bobby Firmino, and we've discussed it ourselves. Like when he's not in form, I don't think the team clicks. But when he is. My God, what a team, what a performance it was. He was doing the exact same thing as Harry Kane, only we were man-marking Harry Kane. Either Henderson or Matip would be straight to him as soon as he got the ball. No one would go within two yards of Firmino. He was scared because he's got fast feet, he's skillful. He'll, he'll do a one-two one, and get off. I just thought the whole system was down to a T, perfect, and the whatever you want to call it, the the ringleader was, was Firmino. Yeah. He yeah. was superb. I think that's what's really good, what's brilliant about Bobby is when he's on form, it's it's difficult for defences because they know they can't leave Mane or Salah alone, but at the same time, they can't give Bobby the space that he gets. So it, it works perfect for him when he's on his game because he gets that space. Mane and Salah will get him behind and, and it, it pays off and... Like you say, we were we were brilliant um, going through early on. Like you say, my name missing. I did think it was going to be one of them games, uh, especially like we say when Son scored. Um, I was absolutely fucking livid. <laughs> I I, the, the, the game wasn't even two minutes old, and I was fuming. And then it got ruled out off offside, and then I still wasn't even happy with that. I was still pissed off. 
<laughs> and then um, we just we just turned it around. But it was it was like watching Liverpool of last season. That that high press, the intensity, uh, just the, the willingness. I think I put it on a few weeks ago on Twitter. I just for some, I don't think some of the players have been have looked asked the last few weeks. To be honest, and we've gotten away with it in some games before we went on this little run, um, and then it just. It just wasn't happening for us, and but everyone looked arse last night. Yeah, I think they've they've known that, but I think it's hard. Like, you, it must be deflating to, to yeah, ninety seven shots at goal and and not score. I think seven and a half hours out of goal when you're having yeah. that many shots, you're having that many attacks, you're having that much of the ball. It must get to a point where you think, what the fuck can we do? But then we've played one of the most defensive managers on the planet yesterday and we've got through time and time again just through just speeding our game up up in the tempo like people have con- had a little go at Thiago saying he slows the game down he does but then he picks out a pass that'll bypass three players so it's just little things like that that we discussed last time it's being clever in the right moments making them split second decisions to hold the ball drag a player out and then play it or play it straight away and I just I think everything worked brilliantly yesterday. Yeah, I think the goal the goal come later than I thought it would. I didn't think it'd take that long for us to break them down and actually get the goal. What Dyer and, and Lodis were doing for the first goal, I'll never know. They both kind of left it to each other and then both decided not to get it. It was <laughs> weird, but I'm not asked. Um, but it was one know. of them passes where it's gone slap bang right in. So it it was like the only gap he, he could get it through he got it through yeah um, Firmino was just coasted in right in the sense of the goal bang goal and that's yeah. that's what we, we've needed we've been desperate for that little you know we make a mistake and it's counted on and we've conceded yeah we, we're missing chances when we're, we're getting in from mistakes and stuff so it was about time that it did work out yeah uh, so obviously Trent got the second Last night after a howler by Larice, who, by the way, is just... I've never hated him as shit. Um, <laughs> but, and then he set up the third. I don't know if they actually counted it as him setting up the third because the defender got a touch, but, I mean, I still counted as his assist. Um, we seen the best of Trent again last night, though. Yeah, I, I, so I'm, I'm not one of them. I'm not going to sit here and say he's had a great season and he's out the limelight and all that. He's been poor for weeks, but... I'm also not one of these dickheads who wants to see a player continue to be poor because we've slated him. He was absolutely world class yesterday. It yeah. was the Trent of of old. How old is he? Twenty two. Yeah. You know when he's playing bad, it's not going to last for long. But you can't sit there and go, "Oh, it's Trent. He'll be good again soon." You've got to say, "Listen, he's not doing good enough." Yeah. But I think he was. Um, he's literally. He played his ass off yesterday. Defensively, he was superb. Um, yeah, he was defensively brilliant. He was de- all over the park. Um, his decision making was in the right times. He was letting letting the ball go at the right times, which he hasn't done for a while. His passing was superb again. So it's it was what we, we massively don't realize how much our team needs our fullbacks to be on on form and. So he was absolutely magnificent yesterday. He couldn't fault him for a single thing. Even even getting back and stuff, he yeah. done it. He worked. And 
I think because we had Peter Hooten on last week and he said I wonder how much COVID has taken out of him. You know, he's 22 years years old. He, he wants to play every single game. He's not gonna he's not gonna tell a physio that he's he's getting a little bit tired. He's quicker. So you don't know. It might might have took its toll on him a lot more than than he's thought or we've thought. So give him the benefit of the doubt on that. And hopefully he's back to his best now because he was absolutely world class. I loved yeah. his performance. I'm made up for him, and I'm made up. He's, he's back, to, back to playing like that. Yeah, so couldn't agree more. And I think what was interesting for me is I seen the stat that they put up on on BT Sport, and it was in the last uh, in the last four games or something we've tried like twenty odd crosses a game, and I think last night we tried four, and that that's been the, I think that's been the thing with him the last few games is he's just been crossing it for the sake of crossing it. Like there's been no one in there, and he's trying to cross it in, and then it's hitting the first man, or it's just drifting out of play because there's no one in there. Last night he was very, he was very like meticulous with, with the balls he was putting in there, and then obviously it's paid off with, with the, I mean that that ball for Mane was just absolutely fucking unbelievable. Yeah, spot on. I think it's just, I think it's literally, it's a mindset. I think, I think he got interviewed after the game. Well, he did get interviewed after the game, and he said like nothing's changed really. They're still trying to play the same way, but I think me- mentally. When it's not going to plan, you just try and you think outside the box and you do the maddest shit. Like, what was the last game? Okay, now who was it we played last? United. No. Or in the league? Oh, yeah. Burnley. That sorry, that game against Burnley at my head like a ship. That game <laughs> against Burnley, they got through the tallest centre halves. They had eleven men behind the ball. And we were just dinking the ball into the box to be cleared. It was like a disease for them. Yeah. And then this time it was like, we know we're going to score. So we're going to just keep doing exactly what we're doing. We're going to up the tempo when we have to. When you bring your centre half out, we're up on the tempo and we're getting in behind. And it is just that mentality that it's going to work eventually that we lost in the last few weeks. So. Hopefully that's back. As long as they keep thinking and they keep believing in the tactics and they keep saying, right, we'll plod on, we'll plod on, then then it'll come. Yeah. Uh, so obviously there was a bit of unfortunate news in, in well, before the game that Fabinho couldn't play. Uh, so we had F- F- Hendo, centre-back. Now, I'll be honest, I was a little worried with it being Hendo at the back. Not that Hendo can't do a job, we know he can. But I just think, we've, we've said it before, we miss... Hendo's influence on the midfield so much when he's not in there. Um, but last night I thought he was absolutely fucking magnificent. Uh, first half with, with Matip, and we'll, we'll get to him a, a little later on. Uh, and second half with, with Nat Phillips again, who we'll, we'll talk, touch on a little bit more later on as well. But I thought Hendo was absolutely magnificent last night, a proper, proper captain's performance. It was a proper captain's performance, but it was a proper centre-half performance as well. Yeah. It was... He was again faultless. He was brilliant. He was even like he knew at times when he could go and when he had to stay. So sometimes he picked the ball up and he he just bomb bomb into space and it, they just shit themselves. Yeah, he just took three players off the game by bombing into space and you're thinking, fucking hell, what where are we going from here? And that's that's exactly what you need in them moments. A player who can just think. What's the best decision to do here? And he's he's got a brilliant football head. As as a defensive unit yesterday, whoever he was playing with yesterday could have done couldn't do much wrong because he was just quality. He was leading. 
he was he was positioning. He was he was almost sometimes telling Matt what to be doing and where to be going. And I just thought it was brilliant. The way the man Mark came and then the way after that first attack, he stopped stepping out. When Kane was trying to draw us into the middle and we stopped stepping out, one would just get into Kane and the other would stay. Thought it was a brilliant performance from from all centre half. And if if Henderson done one thing that I'm delighted about, it's fucking knocking that gum onto the floor <laughs> and doing his ankle in. Because he's done that, that to come up. time and time again, where he has a little look at the at the defender and tries to jump into them, goes over them, or fucking knocks them into the air. And the stupid gormless bastards got fucking left with no ankles, and I'm made up. I hate him. <laughs> I do. I hate him. Yeah, I, I hate him too. I know. I was waiting for that to come up. I knew I knew that would get mentioned at some point. Uh, but Endo, you know, Endo's played with him a lot in, in the England team and that, so he must know that's it. What is you know, he's obviously seen the videos, I'm sure, as well. But he knows what Kane's going to do. And he's he's played them on it because it's, it's caused him an injury. He hasn't jumped when Kane's expected them to jump and it's fucked him up. So, unlucky. But he's had a little he, slime nudge into the side of him as well and just chuck him off balance. I just think he goes down like a little gazelle, lad. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> little floppy ankle guest. <laughs> Uh, very uh, very polite choice of words there with the You know what? I was going to say something crude and I thought, nah. <laughs> not today. Not this episode. Uh, on the subject of Hendo, so one question I've got for you just about him. Um, do you think he can be considered one of Liverpool's greatest ever purchases? Do you know what? I was thinking... I've seen a post on this earlier, I think. Like, why why we should. Why we should see him as that. For, when you look at it, you think back, I think, was it £16 million pounds in the end? Yeah. £16 million pounds under Kenny Daglish in what, 2013, 14? 11. 2011, 12, weren't it? Yeah. Yeah. So, he's still here now after... All the hard times he's had, nearly going to Fulham. He's now captain of the Champions of England, which some some of us thought might never happen. Yeah, he's lifted the European Cup, the first Liverpool captain ever to lift the World Club Cup. He's done that in the same season as the Super Cup. So, I think for what he's been through personally, um, as well as like at home as well, with the story about his dad. And just picking himself up every single day, turning up to Melwood, doing his doing his work, putting the graft in. I think yeah, he's got to be he's got to be listed up there. On merit alone of achievements, Premier League, Champions League, World Club Cup, Super Cup, he's up there anyway. But for I think on a personal level, he's got to be up there. So yeah, I think I, I'm. I'm going off subject. I'm putting him down as one of Liverpool's greatest captains, as well as one of the greatest purchases. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, obviously, we've discussed Henderson on on many other episodes. We've compared them to, to Gerrard and stuff like that. But I just think, in a time when you know superstars as a ball for 70, 80 million and and above and beyond, you know, look at Neymar, the likes. Of, 130 millions and 200 millions and that 
when you consider we got Jordan Henson, like you say, I think it was 16 million uh, 10 years ago when he's still here. And, you know, not only is he captain, he's, he's, he's considered our most important player, arguably now. It's not even like he's just captain because he's been there for the longest. He's captain, you know, because he deserves it. He's been captain under what? Four different managers now, is it? Yeah. I think. So, including England managers as well. So, yeah, I just think he's absolutely phenomenal. Um, I, I'm one of them. I don't know if I don't know if you're in the same boat as me with this. I, I'm one of them who's never slated them, even when it did look like the right was on the wall for him, and he was getting slated by a large section of our fans. Um, I I was never in that. I've I've always liked him. Um, we've seen how good he was, probably originally in that thirteen fourteen season, and then now he's just he's took it to a completely different level. Um, and he's just, I'd say, I think he's phenomenal. I think, um, I think he's been captain for two managers, plus England, Rodgers and Klopp, in it. Yeah, I'm mean, sorry. I meant four managers, including England managers as well. Yeah, I was going. No, I'm just saying. Um, I just when, when I think back, I'll be one. I'll be honest. I had a comment. I made a comment to me dad a few, probably a few years ago, and I just said like, where else do we go with him as captain? Because, don't get me wrong, he will try a long ball. He'll, but does he really pick the game up by the scruff of the neck, like a Gerard, or even like like a player like um, say Torres or Suarez, where you, you can count on them if you're not doing too well to get the team going, either through ability or pure aggression. Do you know what I mean? And I never see. I've always seen the passion in him, but I've never seen him really respond like that and then as he's got older and older he's just become this model professional he's got the, the right amount of passion if not more the right amount of aggression he won't let anyone take the piss out of them whether it be his own team or definitely an opposition team and I think he's just moulded himself through hard work into an actual perfect captain he's got the ability like sometimes we 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 don't give him the credit for his ability that he deserves. And I think that's a lot down to him replacing Gerard as captain. But yeah. he's not Gerard. He's he's Jordan Henderson and he's a different outfit. He's a different player. He leads the team in a different way. Like he doesn't he's in a team now where no one wants to be the superstar. They're all together and he's the leader. And I think that's that's a better way to go by running a football club and having a captain is I think it was Jota who said before he'd even agreed terms he had a message off Henderson I'm Jordan Henderson I'm your captain if you need anything come to me you're our yeah. friend now stuff like that and I just think that's that goes a long way for new players but as fans when you hear stories like that and then you see him on videos with kids and all today and you know doing phone calls to people yeah. All some, some of it's obviously it's not for publicity for Jordan Henderson, the football club and stuff, but you can see how genuine he is and everything he does. He's just a yeah. genuine and it's it's great that he's come from a local background in Sunderland, you know, a normal upbringing. He's yeah. had a common lifestyle and he's he's now captain of Liverpool Football Club and as I say, I'm rattling on a little bit, but I admire him for, for what he's done to, to go from a lad who's all set to move to London and play for Fulham to get fucking Clint Dempsey over here 
to say, do you know what? No, I'm going to work my arse off. I'm going to train a little bit harder. I'm going to be a bit more committed to then become the captain and go, right, I'm here and I'm staying. And then to lift what he's lifted. Yeah. yeah. I'm all there for him. He's one of the best. And yeah. I, I, I will hold my hands up and say to him, I've said to me, Dad, like, sometimes his passing's a little bit off. Sometimes he makes stupid fouls. But all that's gone out of his game now. You know what I mean? He's he's a literal... We need him in our team for our machine to work. He is yeah, the, the main cog in the machine. And what a machine we are with him in the team. <laughs> yeah, it's unbelievable. And I think we just want to touch on what you said there about like we're not a team of... Nobody's a superstar. Nobody wants to be the superstar in that team because they're all worth it. I think we have obviously got superstars in there. You, you Salah, your Mane and, you know, Thiago and players like that. But I think what's important is is Jordan Ensign keeps them grounded. So Jordan Ensign isn't afraid to go up to Mo Salah if he's done something shit and go, what the f- you've been shit, sort your head out. You know what I mean? And he keeps, he, 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 well, that's it. He, he keeps them, but he does. He keeps them grounded, and you need that in a captain. Um, but yeah, he's just he's he's fantastic, and put him anywhere, he'll do a job for you. Um, he, obviously, he wants to play midfield, but I think if you ask him to play in goal, he just go, yeah, Sam, let's do it. Um, he's just that type of player. He is. He, he's like you do anything for the shirt, and that's another thing. You could put him down. If you watch them, watch them play a game of football with the sound off, or you were in the say there was fucking forty of us in the stadium, and all you day, all game is Jordan Henderson. He dictates every. He tries to. He's like a manager. In other words, frankly, used to say he edited every ball, yeah. and he made tackles and he shot off on the sideline, and he thought he could transfer that through his brain to the to the players on the pitch. Jordan Henderson is doing that on the pitch. He's screaming. Like, you could hear him yesterday screaming to Trent. You know, Trent, get this, get this, or get back. And you can hear everything. You can imagine him to be saying, telling them, like, what sort of pass to, to make in that, you know what I mean? Yeah. He's so, he's so into it. And he's so passionate. And, as I say, if you listen to him for with no sound on your telly or you were in the stadium, you'd just say he was a scouser because he, yeah. he gives us absolute all the passion for that shirt and the lava birds and our team and our fans is up there with the likes of your Gerrards, your Carragers, your Thompsons. He could be a homegrown lad and that, that's all I can... The only way I can say about him how good he is. I think that's the biggest compliment you can give him, to be honest. Mm. Um, yeah, so... Obviously, we started the game with Matip, uh, centre-half with, with Henderson. He went off at half-time uh, with another injury, unfortunately. We now know it's ankle ligament damage. Um, so, he's probably going to be out for a while there. So, the need for the centre-back becomes even more pressing than it already was. Um, now, and again, I've, we've touched on this in the past. You're not really one who goes out and watches other teams and other players and stuff like that. Um, right now, I'm in. I'm in the mindset of I don't care who it is, as long as they can play centre back and they have two working legs, get them in the door. Yeah, I said that on the last one. I'd agree with you. Don't get me wrong. Go watch other footy, but my sole interest is Liverpool and only Liverpool. Like even as the as the title race goes on, I watch a bit more of our rivals. You know what I mean? But yeah. up until it, it gets to that point, 
I'm not interested. I only want to focus on Liverpool. Um, but yeah, go and get. If you have to go and spend money on a centre half to get a proper boss centre half, then go and do it. But at the moment, there's not much going to be available. Just get anyone to yeah. go and get two because at the moment we've literally got Williams, Phillips, and Henderson fit to play centre half. It's ridiculous, and yeah. you, it, it, we could end up if Henderson. Gets the odd injury he was out last week. So if Henderson gets injured, we're playing with two kids in in a defence that the two of the fullbacks, all you want to do is attack. So you, it's going to be impossible, lad. Yeah. We need a centre half who literally, like a Phillips, just get rid of the ball. But do you know, yeah. if I, if I had a, if I had a choice now, and if I could go and do anything now, there's a player who's out of contact in the summer. And I'm going off of five million for him. Who's that? Sergio Ramos. I had the feeling you were going to say him like going off of five or ten million for that horrible bastard, and he is exactly what would what we need in our team. Whether he's next to Henderson, next to Fabinho, or he's next to Phillips or Williams, they can learn off somebody like that who's been through it all, seen it all, won it all. That is what we what you need to be looking at stuff like that. Yeah, that's what I do. They're gonna get nothing for them in the summer, so go and offer them a little drops. You know, yeah, there's half a kick cut, you pricks. <laughs> Give us your player. That's what I'm about. That's what I want to see. Yeah, but it'd be, it'd be crazy because he's had to beg, hasn't he? He's had to fucking practically beg. Well, that's it. The situation. On loan, so I don't think we get any. The, the situation changed last night, um, and you know all the all your reporters and that on Twitter now. Uh, Paul Joyce, James Pierce, you know all the other ones. I can't think of them all right now, but they're all now saying the situation has changed and Liverpool are actively looking for a centre half. Um, seeing loads of names linked the last few. Well, we've seen loads of names linked all all transfer window, but especially the last night or so. Um, seeing Mustafi linked from Arsenal because apparently his contract's about to get. Um, he's about to cancel his contract at Arsenal, so he'd be there on a free. Uh, does that super tattoos work with Klopp at Dortmund? He's available on free. Uh, the new one I've seen linked is uh, Aaron Long. Don't know too much about him. I know he's American and he plays for New York Red Bulls. But because their season isn't going to start until April because of coronavirus, he's available on loan at least until then. So, like I say, we need we probably do need to, as you as you pointed out. Um, someone like if we went out and got someone like Ramos, yeah, that would be a fucking be a great signing, it'd be a massive statement and it's a type of signing, even though he's probably, I think he's like 34, 35 now, he's still he's still at that top level, he's still someone who can completely be a game changer for the rest of the season. So something like that would be phenomenal, but like you said, I can't see it happening. Um, no, no, look, we'd, we'd sign Ramos and Sarah's run him over in the car park. <laughs> <laughs> I know, yeah. No, I think we'd have a few fans out of trade as well, to be honest. Um, I hate him. I absolutely hate him. But it's the exact same as when he's not playing for you. I hate Suarez. I was just going to say, like Suarez. And I hated Thierry Henry. Well, he, he was different. He was just arrogant in class. But the, the likes of um, Costa, players like that, you'd have to, like, you need one in your team. You need a oh, little, a little horrible, slimy rat in your team. 
who, as long as he's on your team, you couldn't give a fuck what he does. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You lad. You do. And talking about that, I think we might have found um, might have found a bit of that in Natio Filippo. <laughs> he's an absolute belter. Well, I was just gonna, I was just gonna move on to uh, Natio Filippo. I'm gonna. Yeah, I seen you put that last night. I was a bit confused, to be honest. But yeah, no, you know what? I had, I had someone comment saying, "Let I oh, Liverpool link to Nato Filippo. Um, if he gets a run on the team, I'm sure he'll do well. Let's hope we get him." And someone actually commented saying, "Fingers crossed," because we're desperate for a centre back. And I thought, "Oh my god, he take anyone? He take anyone?" Yeah, but, absolutely. Yeah, no. Do you know what, lad? And and this is. We've discussed it with, with modern day football. If if we were linked to Nato Filippo now, and no one had ever heard him, they'd all be telling you how good he was. If we signed a player that performed like he did against West Ham and the way he did last night, where he's no nonsense, you just get rid of the ball, you'll fly in, you'll hate you if you, if you get in his way. If we were after someone like that now, they'd all be like, "Fucking pay what it, pay what you need, pay what you yeah. need, just get him." But because he's little Matt Phillips from our ends. No one's insistent. Yeah. But the, the, the only problem with him is his, is his pace. And that yesterday, he was up against Son and I think at one point Gareth Bale <laughs> and then that fucking Dutch dude. Oh, yeah, big one. So you're talking, he's up against pace. Yeah. And he just took a yard. He just took a yard and that's all he had to do. And that's he was, what you well, he that's was it. brilliant. You know, he's more experienced than, than Reese Williams. Reese Williams, again, not a quick player. We've seen it. Um, that was our downfall against United. But, you know, Nat Phillips, he, he's more experienced, so he's got a better reading of the game than Phillips. So, like you say, he knows he hasn't got the pace, so we took a yard. And I thought he dealt with, with everything well last night. I think he'd, he'd done absolutely... I think, with with the exception of the yellow card, he got life, which I don't, think, I don't think that was even far. Oh, mate. He just come on and he just slid needlessly. I just thought, but you know what? what? You know what? Though I yeah. think it kind of worked because it's it's one of them tackles. You're letting them know that that you're there. Yeah, but to get to get booked off in your first tackle is an ideal for a centre half. No, but, it's phenomenal, Dad. I'm, I'm a big then, fan. <laughs> then to to not do anything wrong again because another one of them, lad, and he's off yeah. the game in fucking tatters. You know what I mean? But yeah, big time. to compose himself. And to be calm and composed and in control of, say, his, his feelings in a big game like that, where it could be our first win for a while. I thought he was brilliant. That little salmon jump he done, <laughs> where it was, I, can't, I don't know what player it was going to, but he just hopped over him, leaped over him, got rid of it. They went down, Marino wants the penalty, and you're thinking, fuck off, will you behave yourselves? Superb. He'd seen someone put it, he'd edit a medicine ball if you threw it at him. Yeah, yeah, he would. But that's what I like about him, lad, is he goes into every single letter thinking, I'm winning this ball and there's nobody who can tell me any different. And we, we've missed that. That's what Van Dyke's got about him. Van Dyke got, goes up for a ball and you think he's winning that and nobody's stopping him. And obviously nowhere near as good as Van Dyke, but Phillips has got that sort of belief in his aerial ability where he goes, right, I'm going up for this, so this is my ball. Go away, everyone, or just knock it out. Um, that's what you need, lad. You need you a do. player who's, who's got belief in what he's about to do. And that's the problem with Williams at the moment. He's a bit cautious, he's a bit unsure. He's a yeah. bit unsure about himself. You can 
You can even see in his face, he just looks nervous. Mm. Phillips looks like if you're not, not him, just fuck him. Uh, yeah, but I mean, you can't. I don't think you can put. I've seen loads of people slating Williams after the United game, and I just thought a few games ago when he was up against fucking that Zapata for the Atlanta, and when he had a good game, I think it was against. Did I think he played against uh, Tottenham the first one, didn't he? He had a good game that night, and nobody nobody was bothered then. And he makes a couple of mistakes. Yeah, fair enough. But the kid's 19. He was playing in the conference last season. He's been thrown into the deep end through necessity. Not because if we had a choice of playing Reese Williams this season, it'd be in, it'd be Carabao Cup games at a push. There's, there's not even a guarantee he'd be playing them games. You know what I mean? So the kid's been thrown into the deep end. And for, for the most part, I think he's done well. He's just been a bit exposed against United because... They have got a lot of speed, but you know that's something he'll learn from. And as I say, he's he'll, he will get better. He, he's a decent, he's a decent enough player. I think my one worry with Phillips going into last going into last night and just overall is I, I had I sort of thought that Williams was better on the ball than Phillips was, but then Phillips fucking played the forty yard pass last night, and I was thinking fucking hell was I wrong? But that's it. I think again, it's just being just having that little bit of confidence and. The right pass being on, it's it's also hard to play like player pass outwards when you've got eleven men behind the ball. So yeah, it usually is just sideways passes. Now again, when you say about Williams, don't get me wrong. I spoke to people and I said you can just see he's not at the level yet, and he shouldn't be anywhere near the, the starting eleven. Shouldn't be mm-hmm. near the team. Was he, he was playing for Kidderminster last year? Yeah. So it is a massive jump up. It's a massive fucking lash into the deep end. With no armbands on, and you can't swim. But at the end of the day, he's only going to learn from it. He's only going to learn. Don't get me wrong; he's going to take criticism. People have got opinions. There's no pubs to go to. Like if it was me, I don't post much on Twitter and that. I'd go to the pub and I'd have a debate with the lads, and I'd be like, "Right, he was, he was shit. He was good. You can't do it." So everyone's just venting on Twitter. But again, to tag him and to. You know, it's like it's like me going to the pub and saying, "Has anyone got Williams' numbers over and Bellum telling me shit?" You wouldn't do it, so don't yeah. tag him on Twitter when you're having your little vents and your little discussions because it's fucking stupid. It's yeah. shit out of me, and it is. They are seeing it, so it can be upsetting for them as well. He's nineteen. He's in a probably quarter million pound house already. Buzzing off us who were venting at him, so I wouldn't even do it anyway. <laughs> In all seriousness, I do, I do think it's, um, it does get to the young players a lot because yeah, I I'm, imagine coming through the academy and all that and getting help. So, again, all I can ask from our proper fans is just fucking spirit. And when we're back on the ground, you'll have to support anyway. Yeah, you will. Uh, just going back to Nat Phillips for a minute. So, would you now say we only... So, Hypothetical, say we only bring in one centre half in the next few days now. For the rest of the season, provided he stays fit, would you be comfortable with Phillips being first choice next to a new centre half and then letting Fabinho move back into the midfield? Um, it all depends. It's hard because you're bringing, say for instance, it's Mustafi. We play a completely different setup to Arsenal. So he's going to have to spend a few weeks learning how we play. You know, Klopp wants the, the centre half to play it out. Um, to, to be fucking very high up the pitch as well and be mm. able to get back. He's not the type of player who's going to get back. So 
imagining with Phillips, with someone rapid in behind, you're going to struggle a bit. So I think experience-wise, I think a new centre-back. For me, a new centre-back is just there to make the numbers up at the moment. Based on last night's performance and Matip being injured, as soon as Fabinho's back, it's Fabinho and Phillips for me. Until then, it's Henderson and Phillips for me. And then, all being well, a new centre-half gets brought in who will play alongside Fabinho for a bit, I'd Mm. imagine. And then, when he's settled, Fabinho pushed back up. You can't just lash a centre-half into that team and say, listen, we defend from the halfway line. Good luck getting back. <laughs> yeah. See, I think that's why that um I think that why that's why for me that super titch uh, would be would be probably the one to target at the minute, just because he spent, you know, years under Klopp at Dortmund and he was successful. Him and I think he he was uh, he was Hummel's partner in centre half when he were, when he won the league back to back and stuff like that. So I think he'd be the one he'd take he'd need to, to adapt the least into the system. Um you know, Klopp knows him. I think I'm pretty sure he's got American family or something. So I think his English is pretty spot on. Um, so there wouldn't be like there shouldn't be any communication issues and stuff like that. But it's all it's all just talk at the minute, isn't it? And we need we need to see action. We need to see something happening. And uh, we've got three days now before the window shuts on Monday night. So you know, fingers crossed. Let's let's hope something gets done. So. Next few games we've got uh, West Ham and we've got Brighton. Um, so West Ham, I think, is going to be a tough game. They're in good form at the minute, surprisingly. Um, and I think the, the, they've just brought Jesse Lingard in. So, you know, if he starts, we should have a better chance. <laughs> West Ham and Brighton are going to be two two similar games. West Ham, I think, be probably the tougher one because they don't. I, I, attack as much they don't want as much possession but I think again if we just we accept that we're going to turn up there to David Moyes side and just let them sit back and just do what we've done the other day up the tempo drag them, drag them all over the park make them make mistakes you score three or four past teams like that just we have to do like that chance we've got against Tottenham in the first minute get one of them against them put it away Game over. They've got to come at you. Yeah. And we picked them off. And that's that's what we've been doing wrong. We've been missing chances. Just hope we'd be turning up the same as we did against Tottenham with the same plan. Knowing they're going to do the exact same thing, but they haven't got the ability of Son and Kane and the likes of Bale to bring on. It's it's a it's a different kettle of fish. So we should realistically all being well be pretty comfortable. Yeah. Any any score prediction? For West Ham, I'll go for 3-0 against West Ham. For Brighton, go for 3-0 against Brighton. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I think we'll start scoring now. Um, Hopefully. We're going to batter someone too. We're going to batter someone. So. I think you're right, but the problem for me is the last time we battered someone, we went on a fucking run of five games without winning then, so I don't really want us to batter anymore. Difference with Palace though, lads, the, the shots went in. Yeah, I know. We had, I think we had eight shots on target and seven of them went in, and that's just the difference. in you make, you, you know, we say we make our own luck, but sometimes luck's just not on your side. We do that against Palace, and then we have ninety-seven shots in three or four games against teams, and none of them go in. So, yeah, just one of them. I think, I think we're pretty confident. I've got Mojo back where 
you know, people were saying, oh, I'm deserting Liverpool playing today. I can't stand watching it. And you're thinking, you're fucking serious. <laughs> you know what I mean? Realistically, you know, I know it's hard. It's, it's hard for us to be in a blip because we're not used to it. Hundreds o'clock. No. We're really not. And it's, it's hard to take. But you can't be you can't be turning your back on the team because we're, we're having a bit of bad form. I just think, I think one of them two teams, if we can beat both of them, we can get six points out of them two games and then go to Man City. Um, well, Man City have got to come to us, haven't they? So. Well, you know what I mean. Then we play Man City and it's literally, that's the game then. Biggest that's, game, biggest game of the season. Well, West Ham is and then Brighton and then Man City. But that's how <laughs> it's going to work. We've got to get through yeah. them two games and then Man City becomes the biggest game of the season. Last night was the biggest game of the season so far because of the, the little rut we've been in. We had to, we had to send a message last night and we did against one of the defensive, best defensive sides in the league. So, yeah. can, you know, we're not going to win every game from now on. It's Liverpool, you know, we could. But realistically, when people are saying, oh, if you, if you lose, you lose against Tottenham, that's the league over. We were 18 points clear at this point last season. And no one had ever thought we were going to win the league. Only us. <laughs> people saying, right, they'll, they'll still fuck this up. Yeah. Man City are possible. Oh, they're not far from it. We, they're not invincible. We will. We'll be toe-to-toe with them come the end of the season. And they're going to pick injuries up along the way as well. And they're going to struggle. And it's just going to be one of them. It's a, it's a proper season of football. And I, I prefer it. I prefer it being close and going head-to-head. And it be, you know, we know we've got to beat them at home. We have got to take all three points at home. Anything else is we've failed in that individual game. We've got to take all the points at home, get get a point away to the top four, and win all your games at home. You win the league. Unfortunately, it's a bit of an uphill battle for us. But this is Liverpool. We don't like winning things easy. No, we, we do things the hard way. Last season got bored because we were too good. Now we're fucking back normal. We're turning on when we want, and hopefully, it results in success in May. Yeah, looking forward to it. So that wraps it up for today. Um, apologies for the change in sound quality. We've had a, a bit of a technical difficulty. Uh, somebody somebody didn't charge the phone. I'm not naming any names. Uh, <laughs> I'm Jake. <laughs> no, uh, just again, thanks for listening. Um, if you haven't already, go and check out our, our interview with Peter Hooten. Um, I, was, I was only saying the other day about it, like, the man's knowledge of the club is absolutely phenomenal. Like I've, we we were sat there for two hours with him, and we learned so much listening to him. So yeah, it was mad. Wasn't it? it was like a history lesson, but it was mad. It was just free flowing as well. It was a boss conversation. It was. Also, if you are listening, do us a favour, click share, just share us and send share us, tag us, whatever. Just mention us to your mates and your family, and just say, listen to these two cops on Malibu. That's all we want. Yeah, you know, we're doing it for a bit of a laugh bit of a hobby it's nice to talk about the Reds Jordan and time when we can't meet up so if you can just give us a share we'd appreciate it yeah you know where to find us on Twitter at LFC Groove and on Facebook and Instagram at Liverpool Groove um, like Jay said if you can you know all likes shares retweets whatever you want to call them they are all appreciated um, and obviously check out the videos on, on YouTube because you know the more views we get on them uh, the better the better it goes for us so Thanks very much for listening and we'll be back with you soon. Up the next. 
Sports Social Podcast Network.